The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. Okay, here we are back on Brothers on Law. I'm Rob Mandel. And I'm Larry Mandel. And we're so glad to be here today and and talk to everybody. You know, Larry, do you remember when we were kids and we we grew up in in Los Angeles, we grew up in the Valley, and of course every year we'd have fires and a fire season, but I just can't remember seeing anything close to what we've ex- just experienced this last year with this Wolsey fire and that sort of thing. What, do you remember all that? Or am I, am I hallucinating No, you're here? not, Rob. I mean, now, I mean, there were how many fires were kind of going at the same time? It was unbelievable. Up north, near Lake Elsinore, Riverside County, and, and, and out here in Los Angeles, affecting Malibu, Calabasas, Agoura Hills. Just madness. But, um, just so happens we have someone in, in our audience today yeah. that uh, is a real-life uh, firefighter and one of the guys that uh, helps us stay safe in these terrible emergency situations. Yeah, I want to welcome Captain Eric Snyder as our guest today, and we're really happy to have you here, uh, Captain welcome Snyder. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Captain. Good morning. And, and Captain Snyder, uh, which department um, or uh, location are you uh, working out of now? Right now I work at a fire station 69 in Pacific Palisades. And, and how long have you been uh, with that the fire department? I've been with the fire department for 32 years now and I've been there for two years, the last two. And how, how did you become? How, what, 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 you know, I often wonder, you know, I see guys like you, you, you seem like a, a pretty uh, a, a mild-mannered person, uh, kind of humble guy, and yet you're out there on the front lines. Uh, I, I assume off time, you know, kind of risking, you know, life and limb for for other people. You know, so, how how did you get there? Well, when I was uh, young, I was working construction and going to college. You know, going to junior college, and I was trying to choose a career. I was taking engineering classes, but I wasn't really enjoying them. And uh, I enjoyed the construction. I enjoyed the outside, the hands-on type stuff. And uh, one of the guys in my neighborhood was trying to get on the fire department. I said, you know what, that, that looks good. So I went down, talked to, the, uh, talked to the local fire station, met the guys, and it, it seemed to be something I really wanted to do. And from that point forward, I just I set my sights on becoming a fireman. Well, I want to know, what did you have to do to become a firefighter? Uh, it's pretty competitive then and now. Um, now it's a it's a you guys see you know they'll they'll put an ad for a job out and you'll have ten thousand applicants for really you know a hundred jobs. Wow! So it's a very competitive field to get into. Most of the guys that are getting hired now have uh, college degrees. A lot of guys are coming on with four year degrees, but two year fire science degrees. They've been through uh, college fire academies. There's 
There's different fire, private fire academies you can go through. They're all, uh, everybody is at least an EMT and uh, a lot of people are paramedics. They'll go to private paramedic schools and be, get their paramedic certificate before work for uh, the forest service or the camp crew uh, fighting brush fires. So most of the people that come on have, have got quite extensive resumes now. Is there like a training program that you have to go through? Yes, once you're hired, wherever you're hired, with LA City, we have our own drill tower, which is 22 weeks. So once you're hired, you'll go in the drill tower, you'll do 22 weeks of uh, five day a week, you know, a four day a week actually, but 40 hours a week training. Um, and then when you go out, you'll go to a fire station as a probationary member, and you'll do a one year probation. And during that probation, you'll be giving a, a a proficiency exercise or a drill every day on a different piece of equipment or operation. Uh, you go back to the drill tower and uh, you're tested on stuff that you've taught, stuff you should have learned and progress for that full year. And then once you're, once you complete that probationary year, then you're on. And, and do you know, do you know what you're getting into? You know, when, when you start off and you're, you're going into your training program, you've decided to become a firefighter. Do you have some inkling of an idea of what is in store or is there anything that can prepare you for real life as a firefighter before you're actually in the field? Or is that you, just experience? Yeah, you, you can prepare. I mean, most guys know what they're getting into because they've done all that preparatory stuff. But yeah, there's nothing like going to your first fire, the first your first real fire there's no way to do that other than, than sitting in the seat and being what, on the engine. what was that like it was pretty uh it was it was fun it was fun but it was pretty uh you know it's a little nerve-wracking too but it was it was exciting was it a, a dwelling fire or a brush fire for your first fire my first fire was a large commercial fire uh, in a in building south central yeah it was a wow. large uh building commercial fire and i was on the truck company which is the aerial ladder truck so the the truck company is the ones that goes to the roof they cut a ventilation hole to relieve the heat and gases out of the building so as in on the fire department we have basically have two two companies two separate jobs the truck company which is the aerial ladder truck at a fire their job would be to get to the roof cut a hole and ventilate the building and the engine company their job is to go in take water put water on the fire well, now you're fire. on the roof. That's very basic. You know, it's much more complicated than that, but the basic two jobs, so that's you, it. So you're on the roof. How do you protect yourself? I mean, I, I just see myself going up to frying. the top of a building. Yeah, frying up. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I've got a uniform, a hopefully, yeah. on, uh, you know, protecting And that gear. uniform will help a lot. Yeah, but you get up there and you're just, you have an ax and you're just, hang, you know, hammering away with the axe well they use we we use the axe when we have to but mainly they use chainsaws so they go up and do and it's it's calculated you know there's calculated risks if you remember about uh four months ago the guys went on a building and one of the members went in was severely burned downtown yeah, um, right. you just saw there was a videos where you could see the guys go over they get on the roof they just start to go out and ventilate the roof collapse and uh, four of the guys made it back across the parapet, and one of them went down into the building, was able to crawl up the roofing material and, and get back over, too. But even with all his turnouts and things, he was burned is it, pretty is there, bad. Isn't there some fires that when you get there and there's you don't even know that there's chemicals or other type of hazardous materials that are burning? Yeah, exactly. So what do you do for that? Uh, well, it depends on you know what kind of building it is, what you see, what time of day it would be. 
Is there is there occupancy? You know, is there occupants inside possibly? Like it's a business that's up and operating during the day. We're going to go in and and try and effect a rescue if it's the middle of the night and we know nobody's there, we might take more of a defensive stance. So what, what do you do, though, to protect yourself? Obviously, you're there to try and save property, save other people's lives. But what methods do you have at your disposal to make sure you're not one of the casualties? Training. Okay. Training. Just I mean, knowing what our, the heck you're doing. Our, but our saying, you're saying is we, you're, 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 we train like our life depends on it because it okay. does. So there train like your life depends on it because it does. So that's pretty much the only way or one of the only ways that we can protect ourselves is, is through training, through, through practice, through training, through, through learning and, and trying to gain as much knowledge as we can. And, and that would go to your question about, well, how do you know if there's a, uh, if chemicals in the building or things like that? When you're at a fire station, you'll go out into your own first in, the area you normally respond to, and you'll go through those buildings. You'll try to get in those buildings, say this building has a ton of chemicals in the back, or this building has a basement that they run a preschool in, you know, or this building has this, this is our life hazards here, and, and this is our things there. So the, the firemen in that first in will have knowledge, hopefully of most of those buildings through fire prevention, through pre-fire planning, through a building inventory program, we'll try and learn those buildings. Now, Gee, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Something, uh, I'm sure that the listeners didn't know. And but you were downtown Los Angeles for a long time, right? Yeah. And so, would, would you go out to those buildings? There's absolutely, a lot of buildings down there, man. Yeah, we we would go out. Uh, we we would go out all the time. If we get a medical call in a building, when we finish the call, we start looking around. What is this? How would we get a line here? And that's what we do. And we have rookies too. When you have a probationary member, every call we go on, when we finish that call, we go, okay, we got a fire in the room we were just in. How are you gonna get your hose line here? How's your hose line gonna get here? What did we come through to get here? What forcible entry would it take to get us in this place? How would you open this building up? Just saw so we're constantly the, yeah. going over that type of thing. Just saw on the news last night, some fire in a, a building that w- where the windows were boarded up. Did you see that? That was madness. And there was a lady inside, and they had to break down. Uh, for some reason, there's someone inside a burning building with the windows boarded up. Go figure. And they had to, to take a crowbar, and, and then they finally they got a big giant tree branch to bash in this board that had been nailed on the window, and they got the, the gal out. And, and, and it was a very heroic moment. It was, it was something else to see. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. Now you're in Pacific Palisades, and I take it that from that region you are, uh, uh, maybe I'm just making an assumption, but you're, you're going to more of the brush fire type of thing or, you know. Topanga Canyon? Yeah. The, the, Topanga Canyon would actually be L.A. Uh, County, but we do a lot of brush up above in the Palisades, Yes. And Mandeville Canyon is all our area. We go up through Mandeville Canyon, things like that. 
is there something that you recommend to homeowners in those areas? I mean, a brush control, I'm thinking off the top of my head, but what do you tell people that are in those more fire, you know, areas where, you know, it, it, they've got brush, you know, there's a lot of fuel, so to speak. What do you do for that? Brush clearance. I mean, do your brush clearance. That's the, that's the best defense you have. And we have in the city, we have a brush clearance unit that goes out. They write notices that people are required to clear their brush and they actually follow up and make sure that they do it. But if, if, if you don't do your brush clearance, I mean, the brush clearance is really all you can do. Can and, you? and type of construction, you know, the type of construction of your house. You'll still drive around and see, uh, you know, wood shake roofs, which, you know, is, is, is yeah. crazy. No, I, I, have a, I have a question you know, for you, but there's Southern two California. questions. There's one, can I call the fire department and say, uh, I need somebody coming out here from the fire department because I've got a lot of brush here and get an idea of what I should do? Well, they'll, they'll send you a notice that will tell you exactly what to do if you're in a brush area. If you're in a brush area, you're going to get a notice that tells you you need to trim uh, the brush down to a certain height. You need to limb up your trees. You need to, to uh, cut the brush back so far from your chimney, from your roof line, um, and, and how far. And, and it'll explain it real clearly. If it's unclear, then yes, it, we get calls all the time. I don't understand exactly what I'm supposed to do. And we'll go out and tell them. Or if you're, if you're not in a brush area, but you're concerned, you can always call the local fire station. Yeah. That's great. Now, goats. here's the second question. Goats. And goats, yeah. Here's goats. the second Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, and I hold your question for a moment because right, I you, think this you, is important because it's, it's funny, but it's amazing too. And because in my neighborhood, they bring in goats. They bring in like two or three hundred goats, and they just mow everything down in sight, down to the nub. Right. And it's and in the recent fire, the Wolsey fire, the fire line on that same hill, in in my neighborhood, came all the way down and stopped right where the goats had gone up to to eat. And and I'm wondering if in uh, private homes, these private areas where maybe they don't have like an association or something like that, how do, how would they get something like that together? I uh, mean, a goat trader yeah. or something? Yeah, how would they get, you know, <laughs> someone to you know, ever band is together? A, and Is there a goat hotline? Is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I've, I, I have stumped Captain Schneider I have Schneider no here. idea how you <laughs> go about hiring goats, but... Goat online. Yeah. Goat.com. Well, yeah. I know, but it's important. All right, here's my it second question. So I, all right, all right. I'm in a brush you area. Your question. And I bought this fire retardant material, and you hook it up to a hose, and then you spray it on the eaves mm -hmm. um, and any other wood parts of the home. What do you think about something like that? That, if it's, we have a product like that that we use called Barricade, and it's probably the same thing of label different. It works great, it works really, really well. Um, it, it's a, a gel, it makes like a slime, and, and you can put a torch to it and stuff won't burn, it's good, but it does dry out, it needs to be reactivated with water, and then there's the cleanup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, and I did that in the recent fires, but you gotta make sure that you connect the hose properly because when I first did it, everything came back on me, I was slimed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, was slimed. Fire, I was fire retardant, but yeah. not the house. Yeah. Well, is that similar to the stuff that you're dropping from the helicopters? No, the uh, helicopters in... just drop water. Okay, but I've also seen the red stuff that's on the ground, 
is that something that you uh, that the fire department also drops? The fire department drop that would not be uh, L.A. City. That would be uh, some of the state aircraft and the larger aircraft they'd bring in. Drop that FOS check as a fire line. They'll put that down as a retardant, trying to make a fire line. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, BrothersOnLaw.com. So, in a major catastrophe like the Woolsey fire that we just all experienced. Um, how is it that, okay, now we have LAFD on, on the county. We got guys coming in from Arizona, from Washington State. We have the Forest we, Service. The Forest Service. Yeah. I mean, it, all this interagency uh, help going on. How does that... Uh, how do they into, coordinate it? Yeah, how does that happen? Well, they would make a request through our, uh, through our dispatch, our metro, and they would request resources, and then we would say, okay, we can give you. And we commit to give a certain number, um, and I'm not exactly sure what those numbers are. Normally it's, I think, 15 engines, but we will commit to, to, to be part of the state mutual aid program. We commit, we'll always give you this amount of resources if we're called upon, and all the agencies do that. So when somebody needs something, they can call up and they'll mobilize from all the agencies around the state. But I, I, I don't think we would have been able to deal with that fire had we not had that kind of help. Would you oh, agree? there's no way. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. Oh, there are so many buildings and lives that were protected and saved yes. because of that interaction and, right. and coordination. And, and even then, they were overwhelmed. I mean, that a- fire absolutely. moved so fast yeah. and so quick. It burned everything a, in sight. That's yeah. a, they call it a historic fire corridor, but it's burned basically that same path, burned it in 93, it burned it in uh, 07, it burns, that's a, that's a common fire corridor, they call them, where they mm. burn that way, but I don't believe it's ever burned that quick. That quick and that, and that fast yeah, and that and intense. That broad. Was there yeah. more fuel or brush and more wind this time? I think just the wind, the wind and the and the dryness. Yeah, you know, the humidity was Everything below ten percent. Yeah, and uh, just so dry and that windy and hot. I noticed some people were frustrated because there were road closures all over the place. But I mean, those road closures are important, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for us, uh, the. We had a fire engine in, in uh, the Malibu fires in 93 that got burned up. Four of the guys got burned. A guy from Glendale got burned real bad. And what happened was they were driving through a bad area, and a car, somebody that didn't evacuate when they should have, was coming out and just left their car on the road. And the rigs got stuck in a bad area oh. and got burned. So it, it's important for, for the residents to get out. But it's also important, a lot of those areas, and you live in the Palisades, there's some tight streets, even just up in the Palisades, but in Malibu and those areas, they're real tight roads up there. So now you wind up with a bunch of people all at once trying to evacuate down a one-lay road when you're trying to get a large fire truck in or move around or we're trying to get out. So so people evacuating is, is important. Uh, strictly just for an, an access point, an access way too, because at some point the people are going to want to get out. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the Brothers on Law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message, then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. There's a lot of homeowners that just want to hang in there. 
they want to be out there with their hose. Yeah, they're protecting you know. their property. Okay, right? but they've been ordered or they've been highly suggested at least to evacuate. And so what do you think of that? You know, is what's the dichotomy there? I mean, should somebody... If what do you mean? Want to, when should they make the decision to split? Well, but, but does that interfere with what your job yeah, is? Yeah, just like what we're talking about, you know, absolutely. Because now, now not only do we have the problem of trying to save a structure, but if people have stayed, now we have the problem of, you know, it's created a rescue issue. It's created an evacuation issue, trying to get them out, access issues in and out. So, yeah, if they ask people to evacuate, we really like that they do. Yeah. I want to know something else. Um, like what has been like the worst call that you've experienced uh, that you can say on the air here? <laughs> yeah, the worst. I, I mean, a lot of sad things. The, yeah, I don't know. Worst call I had was a young child that was shot in the face, and it was just not, oh. a, good, not a good thing. You know, very sad deal. So they called the fire department as backup. How does that work? Well, we were there because there. the medical reasons, you know. You were saying earlier that each of you has training as an EMT. Mm -hmm. What what does that entail? What what is that all about? Uh, it's emergency medical technician. So every firefighter is trained in in basic emergency emergency medicine. Uh, it's a it's a equivalent of a, a five unit college class. Um, and it's train. It's it's everything from medical emergencies to trauma emergencies to uh, to you know CPR and heart attacks, all that kind of stuff. Oh. Any sort of a, so a medical emergencies you come it's across. It's good to have a firefighter around. <laughs> now, this child seeing, that you were talking oh, about, ahead, though, I don't want to just leave that lie. Um, did that child was did it survive? He did. Oh, yeah, that's, he did that's a good ending. Then good story. Yeah. I want to know yeah, about tough uh, stuff, more though. women getting into the fire department. Have you seen an uh, increase in population we, for women? We've hired a lot of women lately in the last few years. Yeah, they've put a lot of women through the uh, through the drill tower and out in the field, probably more that, so than uh, than any time in the fire department. And how's that? How's that going for everybody? It, it's fine. Yeah, are yeah. the guys adapting? Okay. Yeah. Well, we've had women yeah. on the fire department for. For over 30 years now there was women on the fire service before i came along yeah 32 years ago so so the women in the fire service are nothing new but we've had a uh we've had more women getting hired seems lately but women in the fire service they've been around a, a quite a long time yeah it's good to see good to see it you know that kind of uh uh, uh progression you know because that's typically has been like lawyering a male dominated uh, a career or a profession, would you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, we're we're still mostly men, but uh, but we've had women for thirty five or forty years, and 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 we've got a large influx of women now. Good for them. And, but the sleeping arrangements, because I've been to the station, and you know, you guys sleep. You know, like Larry had a little uh, a school trip to the station recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> come, and, come, adults <laughs> that are kind of like mindset yeah. as kids that yeah. wanted to be a fireman. He wanted to see if you had a Dalmatian there, yeah. and you, you know, well, was, certain I think they let him do. go down the fire pole. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I know that you guys cook for one another, right? And then you have uh, you have to sleep there days on end, and then at the middle of the night you get a call, and you just gotta just pop up and you're ready to go, right? Yeah, yes, sir. 
Yeah, it's we we sleep together, we live together. We always say we have a fire family. You know, we have our family at home, but we also have our family at work, and 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 we have to we have to get along, and and we do everything together. You know, when we're at the station, we we eat together, we you know work on the trucks together, and we we do all that kind of stuff together. So, is there like a stint that you have at a given time, like a thirty-six hour, forty-eight hour, twenty-four hour shift? Okay. We work from 6.30 to 6.30. All right. From so 6.30 in the morning till 6.30 the next morning. So we do a 24-hour shift. Do the fire stations have the poles still? Do yeah. You, yeah? So yeah, you're upstairs I went down. And then, I oh, went you down did go pole. down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> you know, I want to now switch to, we normally have the tip of the day and we give a, a tip, you know, one of us. A legal tip or yeah, something. Yeah, a legal tip like that. But now, since we have Captain Snyder here, I'd rather talk about a tip of the day regarding fire, fire preventing fires, things like that. What can you tell our audience uh, a tip to help us out? Well, we were talking about this before the show a little bit, and you came up with, uh, you know, not throwing a cigarette out the window, which is always a great tip. Um, that starts a lot of brush fires and things that way. But one thing that I've seen is we get fires started from people using yard equipment or working uh, in the heat of the day on a dry, high hazard, red flag day. They'll be out there weed whacking their their asphalt and your sparks like that can take off real quick. So I would say if you're going to do that type of stuff, maybe morning or or late evening, don't be don't be doing activities that you're going to throw sparks at midday. Yeah, it's a good idea. Rob, no more weed whacking. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I, it's one of my day. favorite pastimes, so I'm going to have to remember not to weed whack uh, during <laughs> the heat of the day. But that is kind of crazy, uh, that thought, that you could be out there doing something that innocent. Yeah. You know, just, just clearing your yard or, you know, uh, whacking your weeds. And, uh, and that it. can hit a, a spark. That can make a spark that could cause a major fire. One of the fires in Redding last year they thought was sparked by a guy with a, a towing a trailer and the trailer chain had come off. So the trailer, the chain, the, the safety chain had was dragging on the ground mm. and he started Sparky. eight or 10 fires wow. driving down the highway. And- you know, just we, from that chain sparking on the ground, you know. So yeah. simple things like that, you go, oh, that wouldn't happen. But yeah, it's that's it's real simple. It's real easy. So and as part of our practice, about- well, I'm just going to say, you know, we do represent people who have been victims of catastrophic uh, events like that, and there is liability. There can be liability for someone who was negligent in using the some tra- equipment the trailer or the trailer, yeah. you know, and you starting a sure fire that chain affects, doesn't drag you know, on the ground. Yeah, because that causes a spark. Chain reaction, Larry. Oh, Jeez. Wow. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Where there's spark, uh, there's fire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So hey, we, we, we also like to just kind of give everybody a little uh, a new law that has come down the pike. And uh, this one uh, is a uh, called a police transparency law introduced by Senator Nancy Skinner, a Democrat from Berkeley. It's went into law this year and allows public access to police records and use of force cases. I thought we always had that, okay, but maybe Guess we not. didn't. As well as investigations that confirm on-the-job dishonesty or sexual misconduct. So now those things are more of an open book. So. Beware, you bad actors out there. We're going to check the Mandel message box right now. Now it's time to check the Mandel message box. Candace from Taurus wrote us, 
I was visiting a friend at her apartment and I tripped over a huge crack in the courtyard. I broke my wrist in the fall and now I have a ton of medical bills piling up. My friend says people have tripped over the crack before and many have complained to the landlord to get it fixed. What are my legal options to get my medical bills paid and the crack fixed? Well, if the landlord had prior knowledge of this dangerous condition... She says the landlord had prior knowledge. I see that. No, no. What ha- uh, she says other people have. Right. Oh, okay. yeah. Many people complain to the landlord. So, uh, of course, he had prior knowledge. And that's the, that's the key here. And if you don't even has need knowledge. actual knowledge in a situation. Well, if they knew or should have known. Should have known. Constructive, constructive knowledge. Notice. In other words, that it was there long enough for the landlord to have, to have known about the bad situation, the dangerous crack, whatever, then he, the landlord would be on the hook for, for that. So I would say, I That's hope she case. had an EMT come and help her. Sure, it sounds hey, like Captain. it. Yeah, yeah, help her out. Right. Yeah. With a broken wrist, yeah. Yeah. So Captain Snyder, if somebody wanted to become a firefighter, what do they do? If you're younger, we have a cadet program. They can start when they're 15. And they come to the fire stations, they uh, start practicing, and they get to where they actually ride out and will work a 24-hour shift, and they'll do that. So they can start that at 15 years old. If you're past that, a lot of the junior colleges have fire science programs. You can actually get degrees in fire science. I went to fire science classes at uh, L.A. Valley College, you know, 30 years ago. or what. Um, and then you can go to a lot of the colleges or private EMTs. Most departments require you to be an EMT now, so a lot of people, you can go get your EMT there, and then a lot of just practice and visiting, volunteering, and then starting to work as a seasonal firefighter for Forest Service or you know get on the camp crews and do brush fire stuff. So there you go. We want to just say we had a great time with you, and thank you again. Well, thanks. And, thanks for having me. And we thank all of you for tuning in, and so catch us next week right here on Go Country 105, and just remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.